Um, I thought it went really good with the sermon. We'll see how this one goes. But anyway, I have Merle helping me here, and we have a gift. And kids, look at this wonderful package which reminds you next year we can already start packing for shoe boxes, right? And I want you to, to look how huge this gift is, and I have something inside. Now, if you can guess what it is, I'll let you take it home. Okay? You all right? So anybody want to guess what this great gift is? Wait, you get one guess. You sure? Okay. Go ahead. Nothing. Oh. Yes, Lila. Nope, not Jesus. Yes. Stuffed animal. Claire. Nutcracker. Oh. Good. Anybody else want to take a guess? Yes. A puppy. That's a really good guess, but no. Nope. Nope. A cat. Nope. Anybody else? One guess? You know, when I was a little boy, I had, uh, when I was about four, I had. Two older sisters and one younger sister. You know what I wanted for Christmas? A baby brother. Yeah. And I finally got a brother. And I was thankful, but he was different than me. You know. (laughs) Well, should we see what's in the gift? You think it's a good gift? You know, you like Christmas, right? How many of you are content with what you get? Now, when I had my little baby, when my little baby brother came, I was pretty content. I was excited, but over the years, you know, we got along most of the time, but, you know, I just thought he'd do everything that his older brother said to do, but he, he, he didn't. So there were some times I was like, well, man, I, maybe I need a new baby brother. Anybody ever there? Look, the Lord gives us great things, and so well, let's look at it. Look what's in here. Ah, what is in here? Nobody guessed. Anybody want to guess yet? Oh, you already guessed. I'll let you guess again, Lindsay. A stuffed dog. No. All right, anybody else? Go ahead. Shout it out. Toys? All right, let's see. Maybe it's a baby brother oh nobody gets to take him home look what i have yeah all right well maverick i guess you just have to go home with mom and dad now is it wouldn't that be a great gift so now when you go home talk to mom and dad say we need a baby brother or sister all right but okay let's bring it back You know, Christmas is coming. I had a Sunday school teacher last week say, you know, I should, you know, the 26th is the day after Christmas, probably be the first class we have. We might have to talk about contentment. How many of you say thank you when you get a gift? We should all say thank you, right? But how many of you really are thankful? Because you know what a gift is? Hopefully, yeah, good, good. We have some good Sunday school answers. But, but, 
the challenge here is, are we going to be grateful for what we give? You know what a gift is? Usually it's something we didn't deserve. A lot of times it's something that we're blessed with. Maybe we didn't ask for it. Or maybe we asked for it, I guess, these days. But I just want to challenge you kids and, and us adults, let's be content with what the Lord gives us. And even if we get uh, last year's fruit cake, you know, we'll be happy with what the Lord has provided for us, right? Um, but the greater gift isn't just a little brother. It did, he did come in the form of a baby boy, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we can be content. Because sometimes we do get kind of stinky gifts. Like a, anybody ever, that's usually Easter, so never mind. A rotten egg. Ever, anybody ever get something that stunk? Huh? A lump of coal? I've seen people get lumps of coal for Christmas as a gag gift. But how can we be content in it? Do you know? It's because of the perfect gift, right? And who is he? Jesus. So that's what I want you to remember. And everything we get, let's thank the people who give it, and let's thank the Lord. Ready? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these wonderful children. I ask that you would help them to to see that Christmas is about you, Lord Jesus. It's about what you've done. And because of what you've done, it's, it's about a great gift that we all can, and I pray that each one has received that gift of salvation through you, Lord Jesus. I ask that you'd watch over these kids, help them to, to have the right focus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can go back and sit down. Thanks, Maverick. Would you turn in your Bibles back to Psalm 23? Or just think upon Psalm 23 for a moment for me. And we'll get to it in just a minute. You know, along with the kids and what I wanted to ask, I didn't look at my notes, is one question I could ask is if I didn't have my little baby brother, there's a lot I would miss out on. Right? Right? And sometimes I know that, uh, my, well, my baby brother's not a baby anymore. He's bigger than me. Um, sometimes we're not as grateful for our family as we should be. But it begs the question for us as we draw near to Christmas is, what if Jesus didn't come? What if Jesus didn't come? I mean, we could think about the silly stuff, which would be, well, there wouldn't be any Christmas carols. Well, that's just, I mean, those are good. We were just talking about the songs. Wonderful theology pointing to worship of Jesus Christ. Some people say, well, we wouldn't have Christmas or Christmas gifts. Oh, that's kind of defeating the purpose there, missing the point. We wouldn't have our crucified and risen Savior. We wouldn't have our chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have peace with God, the forgiveness of sins. We wouldn't be regenerated. That is, born again for those of us who believed in Him. 
We wouldn't have this church family. There's a lot of things we wouldn't have. So do we know how blessed we are because we do have and because Jesus did come? So, getting back to the, the topic at hand, the greater gift. What is the greater gift or what is the greatest gift? And along the lines of Psalm 23, and some of you might be like, well, why are we spending so much time on Psalm 23 during the Christmas season? It's because I can't help but think how blessed we are because of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And I love that passage in John chapter 10. But look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now what does that mean? And so, as I was studying it, as I was thinking on it, as we continued to try to memorize this passage, that phrase continued to bounce around in my sometimes empty head. And it drew me to the thought, and as we draw near to Christmas, the idea that we should again look at contentment. And so, Today, a goal for us is to see that we have all we need. To see that we have received more than we deserve. And that the best place to be is close to Jesus. You know, when you're there at Christmas time and when we get together with the family, we still have the, the kids open gifts at Grandma and Grandpa's. And the kids... You know what they naturally do is when one of the kids is down on the floor opening the gift, all the other kids are huddled around to see. They want to see what's going on there. They want to see what it is. And Jesus is that precious gift. And there's so much about the Lord Jesus that we have yet to see. And I hope that as we look at this and and that last thought there, the best place to be is close to Jesus that we would huddle close to Jesus like kids huddle close to the kid that's opening that gift. So we all need to see that the greater gift is that we already have Jesus. And so first, let's discuss this here in verse 1 of Psalm 23. We're blessed. We have all we need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so it reminds us that we need to be content. We, we again have all we need. That is, when we look at this verse, it, it teaches us that, and really when you look at the, the Hebrew word, it can mean I lack nothing, therefore shall not want. I have what I need. And so how can we be, be content? Well, focus on what you're supposed to focus on for one, right? If we go back to Colossians chapter 3, we need to have a heavenly perspective. That is a perspective understanding all that we have in Christ. But yet, when I'm here on this earth, as we walk, I mean, we're all here on this earth unless you're traveling outer space, so that's a weird phrase, right? Uh, But as we 
go through our daily lives, it's so easy to forget what we have in Christ. So we need to focus on what we are supposed to focus on and most definitely be happy with what um, we have materially. But still we should strive to have things be better or we should strive for better things. It's kind of like, um, I'm going to go to ranching terminology, you know, I, there's, a, there's a big difference between how people fence a lot of times. And having had to be the, the specific guy fencing on the ranch, it was a long time ago, but I still have it in me, even when I was growing up at Grandpa's ranch, I had to do the fencing and they expected me to do things right. And, you know, sometimes you see the fence needs work on, but you just don't have the time, right? I mean, it'll keep the cattle in. Maybe not the bulls, maybe not the calves. But you don't have the time. You may not have the resources at the moment. But when the time comes, you need to get her done, right? When you have the resources, you should get it done and make the fence better. And so contentment is not being a person that's sitting there thinking, okay, everything's all right. I don't need to do anything. It's doing what you can, when you can, with what you have, and thanking the Lord for what you're able to do. Does that make sense? And so it's getting it done when you can. The problem is a lot of times we have different standards, don't we? I think I would build a better gate than a lot of people. But then I think I have a nephew who thinks I probably don't build the right gate either. So. And so contentment comes into play there where we understand we all have different standards and don't lose sleep over what others may or may not be doing Unless, of course, we know when it comes into the idea or the reality of their spiritual walk that they could walk closer to the Lord. But still, it's tricky. So we're, we're, we're walking into tricky ground here. Um, but contentment is doing what we can, when we can, as the Lord leads And sometimes the Lord does lead us to tell our neighbor, hey, the fence is not quite right. Most of the time, it's the Lord telling us, okay, take care of what you have to take care of. But if you know and love Jesus and are spending time with Him, and let's say adequate time, and it's a lot easier to be content. And so we want to challenge you not just to be content, but... Well, how can you be content? For some reason, my clicker's not working. Oh, there we go. It, it worked. So in Psalm 34, would you turn there with me? Psalm 34. Verse 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for, those, for to those who fear Him there is no want. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. For those who fear Him, there is no want. You have all that you need. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. You shall have what you need. And so how can we be content? Well, we need to have the right focus on the right things, and that right focus is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to seek the Lord first and foremost. If He's second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place, it ain't going to work. Contentment will not come to you. Verse 9. Nothing is needed if you fear the Lord. In verse 10, I find it interesting, this young lions. You ever think about this? Have you ever noticed this verse, the young lions? And this verse says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. And what is that all about? I mean, we find in Scripture both lions being referred to or used as something that's dangerous or scary or bad. Are they ever referred to in an illustration as something that's good? Well, we can think of the Lion of Judah. So as we, if we do a word study in the Bible of lion, they're a symbol of power, of courage to face, uh, or to be like a lion. That is, a, it's, they're referred to as someone who ha- needs to have a heart of a lion, or someone who has to face a lion, or gone down into the pit with the lions, or they are referred to several times about the danger and how ferocious they're able to tear apart their prey and consume them, or that they're able to get the prey or the food that they need. Now, if we were to take an illustration, Jesus used a bird, right? Now, lions, they can get what they need, but if you look at birds, you think, oh yeah, they'll find it. Lions, they're going to go and they're going to snatch it by their power. And so when I look at this verse, I think about the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. There's this picture that, hey, no matter how strong you are and capable you are, you will suffer need if you're doing it all on your own. But if you seek the Lord, you shall not be in want of any good thing. Psalm 7 verse 2 is one of those passages. Or He will tear my soul like a lion dragging me away while there is none to deliver. And Genesis 49.9 used to speak of Judah who dared to rouse a sleeping lion. So when we look at this passage again, I just want to reiterate No matter how capable someone is, they will suffer need if the Lord is not first in their life. And they will not be able to be content if the Lord is not first in their life. So I will not be able to be content if I do not put Jesus first, no matter how capable or incapable I am. So do you seek the Lord? How many times do we not think that we have the better or greater gifts? 
bring it back to the gifts and what we have. How many times do we think that we don't have what we need? How often do we look at and long for the world's stuff? In those moments, we are beginning to place other things before the Lord. If it is the Lord we seek, we will see what is good. We will be able, as the song says, to count our blessings. Do you seek the Lord? If you seek the Lord, you will have the ability to see the value of what we have in Him. If we seek the Lord, then what we pursue, our goals will be more in line with what He will provide. I think that's a crucial point. If we seek the Lord, our idea of what we need will be more in line with what the Lord says we need. So Matthew 6, 24 through 34, and because of time I'm not going to go there, but Jesus uses the bird as an illustration instead of a lion. Then the psalmist points, psalmist point was even the most capable carnivore in their area suffers from hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not want or will have all they need. And so Jesus changed it to bird and to the flowers of the field who are totally reliant upon God. They have what they need. So why do we worry? Do not worry. Now we're trying to talk about contentment, but the lack of contentment can lead to worry. Sometimes it's not a matter of contentment, it's just a matter of being worried about what's going on, what we have. But to be content, we must understand we have all we need. Do you understand that? But we won't realize we have all we need unless we seek the Lord. The greater gift is that we already have, is what we already have in Jesus. Not only do we have all we need, but we have more than we deserve. Have you ever heard that? I have more than I deserve. We don't have to go too far into Romans and I could spend a whole message here today on Romans chapter 5. In Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We could go back and say, well, why is there sin at all? (laughs) I mean, I didn't ask to be born in sin. Or to have the sin nature? But did we even deserve to be born? We should fight that those within the womb can be born. But we are blessed even to have our own lives. But because of Adam and Eve, we think, well, maybe I could have done better. Anybody think you could have done better than Adam and Eve? I would have really messed it up probably a lot sooner. It would have been Dandy kicking me, telling me, get away from that tree, Lee. I I think it's important for us to remain humble and understand that we are all sinners and it doesn't matter how we got here. What matters is what God has done. It does matter how we got here. But if we start saying, well, I'll blame God for all of this, you're walking down the wrong path. 
But the idea here I want you to understand is that we don't deserve God's grace. Grace is, means God's unmerited favor towards us. We cannot earn His favor, right? We know that. We cannot earn it. But God gave it to us. When we consider God's great loving kindness, right? We go back to uh, Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we look at, look at this goodness and this loving kindness or this mercy, we need to recognize it most specifically is revealed in that Jesus Christ came. Not only that He came, that He lived a perfect life and died on the cross to pay for our sins, but He was born. So we celebrate Christmas that Jesus came. He was given for us. I love John 10.11. Again, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down His life for His sheep so that we, the sheep, can have life. John 11.25-26 Jesus said to her, remember when he goes to the tomb, Lazarus' tomb, he's talking to Martha and Mary, and in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? We are given life. What does that life include? That life includes reconciliation, peace with God which we sing about during Christmas because of Jesus, we can have peace with the Father. Right? Romans 5, 6 through 13. We have a new life. Titus 3, 5 through 7 talks about regeneration. How we've been made new. We've been washed. John 10, 10 talks about abundant life. That abundant life in Jesus is something that is more than what is needed. That abundant, pardon me, means to have more than what is needed. Right? And the problem is that we are still in this world or it's kind of like, and I've possibly used this before, looking through one of those dingy jars, right? Even if it's cleaned, because of its circular shape, you ever look through a jar? What if we were to take that? I guess they have those goggles where you can walk like you're drunk, right? But you take that and you look through it, you can't see as clear, right? So our life as a believer, knowing what we have, is like peering through that jar because of this world. Imagine walking around all day. Through that jar. Through something that distorts the shapes. And so the Word of God tells us what's really there, but we're walking this life knowing it's there, and yet it's distorted. It looks funny because we're still here. And so we get discouraged. And so we aren't content We get frustrated. And so the challenge for us is that we would come back and understand what the Bible says. We could go to Ephesians and go through. 
A lot of different books, Ephesians at the end of chapter 3, and see the prayer of Paul for them to know all the wealth that they have in the Lord Jesus. Because he knows it's hard for us to see what we have. And what we have is more than we deserve. And so if we could always, in, in, in a good sense, right? We've received more than we deserve. We've received God's grace. So if we can remember that we have all we need and we have more than we deserve, it will help us see a little more clearly through that dingy jar. Because the greatest gift is what we already have in Jesus. For those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Not only is it hard to remember what we have and that what we have is more than we deserve, but we have it best when we are close to Jesus. The closer we walk to Jesus, the less distorted the glass makes us view everything in our life. What do we have when we walk closer to the Lord Jesus Christ? We have greater direction. Psalm 23 He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. When we look at the the verse before that, in Psalm 23, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. So, He will lead us to where He wants us And there are times where He's going to move us forward and there are times where we must rest. And here we see that of rest and that of all that we need in preparation for the time where we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because there are times of great difficulty. There are times of great success. Regardless of it all, we must follow the Lord Jesus. and We must cling to Him. He is the one who... We must follow and trust. I like Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. If you would turn there. Take a moment to turn there. As you turn there, I just want to remind you it is the Lord Jesus who gives us greater direction. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So are we trusting in the Lord? and not in our own understanding. So Jeremiah 9.23-24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Who are we going to boast in? I do struggle. There's things that, well, I try to overlook the bad things. It is so easy to boast about what the good things that we have done or the Lord has blessed us with, we still may boast about those of being things that we've done. And then when we begin to boast about those things, oftentimes we fall down 
And we look around, and it is so very difficult to be content. Because we're still looking at what we've done, and now we see what we've done that just wasn't quite enough. And what we have just quite isn't quite what other people have. And so if we look back to the Lord, if we trust in Him and realize that if we understand the Lord and know Him, that's where we find contentment, that's where we find direction and understanding. We know more of who we are when we know Him. We know what we really have. 1 John 5.20 And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is a true God and eternal life. We know what we really have. We know who we love and who holds the answer to all of our questions. We simply need to know how to follow Him. John 10.27 My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand, nor the Father's hand. We can have greater understanding of what's going on. We can have a greater understanding of what the future holds. And we can have greater purpose. Colossians 1.28 We proclaim Him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Our purpose is to glorify the Lord, to grow in Him, to live for Him, to follow Him. When we know Him and we follow Him, we have a greater purpose. So just a challenge for you, know what you have in Christ. And to know what you have in Christ, cling to Him, follow Him, walk with Him daily. Are you spending time in the Word? Are you memorizing Scripture? I know there's much more that we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ together. I know we're all busy. But follow the Lord, seek Him, and I hope and pray He'll that we will see clearly what it is He wants us to do to encourage one another because there are people in our church and in our community that needs the Lord and needs encouraged. Let's pray. Lord, help us to see that we have the greatest gift of all, a relationship with You. Help us to seek You continually, follow You daily. Lord, help us to see... um, clearly what it is that you want us to do. I thank you, Lord, for each one here today. I ask your blessing upon them. Guide us as we go out this week, uh, as we draw nearer to the time where we celebrate your birth, Lord Jesus. Um, help us to find opportunities to, to point others to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we have young men come forward and take up this morning's offering?